Well, I'm going to say, just to play devil's advocate, I'm going to say that Dodgers won the trade because okay. they cleared salary space to go after their big guy. And I think we all know who I'm talking about. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 3-0 Take, the official podcast of Dirt to Diamonds Baseball. Here are your hosts, Kyle Corwin and Nate Reyes. What up, what up, and welcome back to the 3-0 Take, the official podcast of Dirt to Diamonds Baseball. This is episode 34. I'll be your host, Kyle Corwin, and I'm here with my co-host, Nate Reyes. Nate, say hello to the people. Hello, everybody. How fat and happy are you right now? I'm feeling pretty good, man. I'm recording, yeah. recording live from Shreveport, Louisiana, from the Shreveport Hilton down here <laughs> with uh, down here with the Duke football team, doing a little little holiday work uh, with my Duke athletics crew, uh, which is my this real should, uh, job. This is the three yeah. take is not my real job. <laughs> I actually actually work with Duke, so. Someday. Someday, someday. But uh, uh they should be able to pull off a dub against Temple, right? Well, we're actually underdogs, I think by like three points, so Oh. It's... Maybe and know, maybe I'll put to... some money down on Duke. And it's supposed to pour down rain tomorrow too, so it's just gonna be Perfect. a mess. But what I was okay. gonna say is I don't know how loud or quiet I might sound right now, because like I was telling you before we got on air, I was supposed to be recording in like a little little meeting room. But apparently it got blocked off and like can't use it after certain hours. So I'm currently up in my room with my roommate. And so with rooms around me, got to keep it a little quieter than usual. So there won't be any any outbursts for me, most likely this episode. So just mm. just wanted to make that clear. So this would have been an appropriate episode to talk about the Red Sox if we planned better. And if I planned better, I, you would have been nice and quiet. Wouldn't have been... Super excited. I would have appreciated that this, a little more. Yes, absolutely. This would have been the episode to do it. No wow. doubt. But in in regards to your, your question, yes, feeling fat, feeling happy, been eating good since I got down here, got down here last night. Had to fly out yesterday, Christmas, mm. which yeah. is never fun. I've had to do no. it two years in a row now. But uh, it's all good. Like I said, been eating well down here. Uh, I've had a few few bad dining experiences thus far i think the i think the staff so that because there's just nothing down here and like all these like football people are down here in town for the game and i think we're catching the restaurant people like off guard and they just oh yeah the service is terrible the food is cold it's just it <laughs> hasn't been ideal but the places that have been good, up, like you're hitting up like chilies or applebee's or something no like it was food. like a it was like a burger bar we, I, we actually went i went there with one of my coworkers today for lunch and it was great and then so we gathered up a couple other coworkers tonight for dinner We're like hey uh we just went to there for lunch let's go there for dinner it's pretty good and then we just had like the worst experience ever mm. so did you did you really try to order two burgers in one day no, I actually went with a chicken wrap for lunch because I was like, I'm sure I'm going to get something just terrible for dinner, which I ended up getting like a, just a burger or something for dinner. So had to, had to balance out a little bit. Need to eat somewhat healthy. So hard to mess up a burger. You know, I cooked yesterday. I cooked Did quite a bit really? actually. Yeah. So we, uh, my, our, uh, our family Christmas is definitely like low key. Yeah. I meant to ask, how was your, uh, how's your Christmas? It was good, man. It was good. We're, we haven't we're, checked in we're since like, holidays. I know. Well, it's okay. We're uh, we're super low key on Christmas, so like no one really gets out of the pajamas all day. You just kind of you eat all day, like throughout the day, watching movies, playing games. Um, so that kind of that kind of scene. But uh, we had we're a little less traditional. We had steaks for ah. dinner. Yeah, and uh, your boy uh, whipped up some pretty delicious mac and cheese. And uh, yeah, so I, I'm not even gonna lie. I impressed myself, and I ate a disturbing amount of it. So, so you just whipped I'm, open that craft mac and cheese box and just no way poured man. in some water no and the cheese powder and no called it a day. <laughs> <laughs> no powder, no powder. I will say, um, Velveeta is the way to go, and that's not like it's real cheese either. So I, it's probably not that much better than powder, but. 
we're American and that's that's what we do. Wait, so you're admitting that that's what you did? You did the Velveeta mac and cheese? Oh, I'm telling you, you can't. So I'm inviting you over, and you you're more than more than welcome to try it, and and I'll prove you wrong on this, just like I did with the seeds and the sour patch kids. Yeah, but I thought you were telling me that you like actually made some from scratch. But if you just did the whole Velveeta thing, then hey, I did the cooking process, that's and fair. it was in a big pot. It was for a lot of people, so that's fair. Yeah, get off, get off my back, man. Hey, I mean, I believe you. If you want to send yeah. me some, I'd be more than glad to test it out for you. I'll ship it out there. Give you my I'll take on it. it. So, yeah, pretty much just ate my weight in uh, mac and cheese. How was your Christmas? I was going to say, it sounds like a good uh, good Christmas for you. Uh, but mine was good, man. I went up to, uh, as much as I hate to, to say it to you, went up to New York, New Beautiful. York City. Yep, uh, I went up, the there, went up there with the fam for a few days. Uh, it, was, it was nice. My dad is kind of the ringleader when it comes to our family vacations, and he's like a on the go type of guy. And so we just packed, <laughs> we just packed like so many things into the trip. But it was good. Like definitely can't complain. We got to see, uh, got to see nine eleven museum, which was awesome. Uh, got to that one. Uh, how long did that one take? Uh, we were there for probably a good like honestly hour and a half, two hours. Um, yeah, that, and you could probably be in there for like four. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we didn't even see all the stuff, but definitely yeah. recommend it uh, to those who haven't been. Uh, but then from there, we went over to the the Freedom Tower, uh, and got to go up to the observatory, and literally you could see the entire city from there, which is just awesome. You're s- yeah, you're seventeen hundred and seventy six feet up, which is pretty beautiful. pretty cool. Yeah, very very yeah. beautiful number, uh, but. Yeah, it's uh, it was awesome to see that, and then we got to see the Rockettes while we were up there, which is pretty iconic. Seeing them at Christmas time, yeah. Uh, and got was that a, was that a Radio City? Yeah, yeah, which was awesome. I'd nice. never been in there, uh, and then from from there we went to did did some looking around down at Rockefeller. Got to like like you already saw. Got to recreate <laughs> the the Michael Scott Rockefeller ice ice skating rink scene. Did a little took a little. <laughs> photo action there uh and then from there went down to the the famous macy's did some shopping there which by the way that place is like eight floors Huge. of just straight macy's Huge. it's yeah. it's insane it's um, crazy anything you need yeah literally anything i was looking for a pair of dress socks and i went up the escalator like up and down the escalator at least like 10 times trying to find the socks oh yeah it's uh, like it's most places have like men's on one floor, women's on one floor. No, no, no. That Macy's is like men's outerwear one floor, and men's then, <laughs> suits. And then it's one like floor. women's lingerie, and then women's <laughs> outerwear, and then it goes back to men's. It's like figure it out. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it was it was a good trip. Um, stayed away from Yankee Stadium. Didn't even think about going going down to the Bronx. Well, that's uh, quite a that's quite a out of the trek if you're in Manhattan. So, it is, it's understandable. But uh, but yeah, overall it was good. So looking forward to uh, it, it was it was a good way to cap off 2018. But definitely looking forward to 2019. So nice, man, nice. But well, before we look ahead to 2019, maybe we should look back at some baseball history. Just uh, just one thing. Just look back and gents. at a single point of baseball history. Single for December 27th falls all the way back to 1874. Holy cow. Oh yeah, bring it back. At Palmar de Junco at a uh, a Havanan team plays Matanzas in the first documented baseball game to take place in Cuba. The contest after 7 innings was called due to darkness. So uh, at that point, seven innings, guys, Havana was leading quite comfortably with a score of 51 to 9. That's, uh... (laughs) (laughs) So it was was close, but... uh, That's quite a score. All right, before you continue, I got a little side bit for you. Did you see the bowl game today that got canceled because of lightning no. by chance. So I know this sounds kind of random, but you mentioned it got the game got cut short or whatever. It made me think of it. 
So the bowl game, this like first responders, I think it was like the first responders bowl or whatever, got canceled mm-hmm. in like the first quarter because of lightning. And like they apparently they, they delayed it for like hours and then it, they eventually just had to call it. And they're like, yep, game's over. Doesn't count. Stats don't count. Have, <laughs> have a nice uh, holiday. And they just sent the, <laughs> they sent the people home. But here's the wild thing. That was going to be the, the alternate bowl game that we were choosing between like to go to. Oh like, wow! And you it got was, lucky. Yeah, and it was in Dallas, and I was like, "God, it would have been awesome to go to Dallas." But then when I found that out today, I was like, "Oh, I'm so actually, lucky!" I'm actually fine with not having gone to that game. But wow! Anyway, so so lucky. Unlike the uh, Matanzas team that was losing quite, quite, quite handsomely, quite handsomely, <laughs> fifty-one to nine. So that was what happened December 27th, way back in 1874. Welcome to the bigs, Cuba. Well, um, speaking of the, of, uh, speaking you know, of little, Cuba, speaking of a little Cuba, I can hear a little music dancing around. Um, we got some big news from, uh, the Cincinnati Reds that we need to talk about. Pretty gigantic trade, including one very famous Cuban, Yasiel Puig. Which, unfortunately, we were not able to cover on our standard Monday episode because it was Christmas slash Christmas Eve. Yeah. So we figured we'd just dive so in. So now, right now, of course, of course, stuff went down. So now we're, we're going to backtrack a little bit, but we're going to clue you guys in. Just the hair. So before you get started, I just, yeah. I just remembered. I know I mentioned that I... I'm kind of unaware of how loud or quiet I am right now because I'm in a hotel room. So you're gonna have to carry carry us this episode. Oh, I gotta carry. You're, I gotta carry this. You're gonna have to carry the energy this episode. I got this. All right. I can't be jumping up and down. But to I be won't fair, do that either. To be fair, we're talking about the Reds, so there's yeah, not it's, be it's, much it's jumping still the Reds. Head. It's still the Reds. All right. So we'll we'll get into the trade a little bit. Most of you have known, you know, what's going on, but we're gonna mainly cover. The, the 2018 wrap-up before we get into that trade for the Cincinnati Reds. Um, they finished up with a 67-95 and record to finish last in the Central. Um, fourth straight they started, season they did that. They finished last yeah, fourth straight season. That's, yeah, but things are looking up. Things are looking up. Um, started the year 3-15 and under Brian Price and uh, was quickly replaced by Jim Riggleman, who led them to a 64-80 and record. So you could have argued that they may have slipped up one slot in that division if, you know, Jim Riggleman had those first 18 games. But who knows? Um, overall, pretty good years from a few players. Um, their shortstop, Peraza, uh, slash 288, 326, and 416, had 182 hits and 23 stolen bases. Not too shabby. Um, looks like he's probably going to slide right into the leadoff position next year hold on uh, we didn't even clarify for the the new listeners we might have this is a thursday episode this is a a team well, yeah. coverage episode team i just realized I'm, I'm sitting here listening to you and i'm like dang we just dove straight into the season recap like we mentioned yeah. puig and then just started reeling off stats so yes Quick. for those who are unfamiliar with our our format our thursday shows are team coverage so that's why we're kind of running back the red season so We'll get into the league and camp and all that, but just running back 2018 real quick. Yeah, just bear with me on on, uh, some of these boring stuff that we got to go through. Um, Another guy who had a good year, second baseman, Scooter Jeanette, uh, slash 310, 357, 423 jacks and 92 ribs. Not too bad. Um, Third baseman, Suarez, went for uh, 34 booms and 104 RBIs. And then uh, a couple good dudes out of the bullpen did some pretty decent work. Jared Hughes um, finished up with a 1.94 ERA in 78 innings. And this new, uh, newly signed Iglesias kid who just got an extension uh, had 30 saves for them. So uh, everyone knows Votto had a down year. You want to so, talk down years. All right, so this Homer Bailey nonsense I've been hearing about. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. been like calling for his head, and yeah. I honestly hadn't looked at his numbers until today when I was pulling my notes together. 
Yeah. And now I understand why people don't like him. Yeah. Finished with a, rec- a record of 1-14. and 14. Mm. That's close. terrible. An ERA of 609 and a war of negative 1.5. Mm. And he made like over $20 million this year. I mean, I don't blame Red fans for wanting to get rid of him. And I don't blame yeah. the Dodgers for dumping him either. So, Yeah. So speaking of that trade, Homer Bailey was obviously included along with Jeter Downs and Josiah Gray from the Cincinnati Red side. That was sent over to L.A., L.A. shipped off Yasiel Puig, Matt Kemp, Alex Wood, and uh, Kyle Farmer, as well as $7 million, if that wasn't enough. Let's top it off with $7 million of cherries. Over to the Reds. Um, From what I've heard, pretty much a straight swap salary-wise for Matt Kemp and Homer Bailey, so kind of a wash. Um, L.A. is expected to uh, release Homer Bailey any minute now. Um, but Homer Bailey will be getting paid because he's still owed $23 million, and I think he gets another $5 million for his buyout. So That must be nice. Yeah, yeah. to go 1-14 in 14 and make $28 million a few months later ain't bad. Um, but uh, this infielder, Jeter Downs, is apparently highly touted prospect, um, pretty much right around the corner from cracking the top 100 list. Um, Josiah Gray seems like a decent arm. So, you know, I would say overall, I think uh, I think the Reds won this trade for now. Well, I'm going to say, just to play devil's advocate, I'm going to say that Dodgers won the trade because okay. they cleared salary space to go after their big guy. Now, I think we all know who I'm talking about. And you're going to say that. And I do have in my notes, I said, only a good trade if the Dodgers get Bryce Harper. If they don't, they look like idiots in this situation. But what they did was get under that luxury tax threshold. Threshold. Um, here's the kicker, though. They only have $21 million to play with before they get to that luxury tax. Otherwise, you're going to be paying the tax anyway. I'm and we all know. I'm convinced they're going over. We all know Bryce Harper is going to be getting more than $21 million next year. Yep. So I guess, yes, it, it may have cleared some space for them, but either way, they're hitting this luxury tax. So maybe it is a win-win. You either get enough, you know, you either made enough room to get Bryce Harper or you got under the luxury tax. Um, I do think uh, the Reds will have a pretty decent lineup next year. Obviously, Alex Wood helps out in the starting staff, which they really need help with. Uh, but their heart of the lineup looks somewhere around like a Scooter Jeanette, Joey Votto, this uh, Eugenio Suarez kid, uh, Yasiel Puig, and Matt Kemp. Somewhere in that two to six, two to seven range are going to be those those five guys. So can I share a stat with you? Yeah, stat that will most likely surprise all. Mm. The Reds' offensive WAR for 2019 projected WAR offensive WAR will be tied among the top of the NL Central with the Milwaukee Brewers based on the numbers from last year. So projected division projected division numbers. is looking good. That's what I'm saying. Division is looking good. And if so, if Harper goes to the I know we just talked about him going to the Dodgers, but if he goes to the Cubs like I think he is and like I mentioned to you John Heyman was reporting that the Cubs might be a favorite now. That division is going to be wild. This is this is pretty nuts. I mean, I, good for the Reds because I think it was getting pretty sad to see, you know, only twelve people show up to their games over and over again. Um, I I said it over and over again that the fact that they were wasting Joey Votto's prime, they probably wasted the first half of his prime. They're only really going to catch a few more good years out of them from what it sounds like. And, and so I think this is exactly what they needed to do. Yasel Puig is a character. He, you know, for some people, you know, he's, he's a lot of fun to watch. And so I think he's going to put butts in the seats and not to mention, you know, production wise, he's pretty good too. I don't know. Something about the whole Puig to Cincinnati just doesn't appeal to me. Like, I, I think that organization is too traditional. Like, they're literally the oldest team in baseball. Yeah. And 
I don't know. They just it just doesn't doesn't make sense to me. It obviously made sense when he was in L.A. because L.A. is just nuts. Yeah, and so it made sense that he was there and that people liked him there. But this, I don't know. I just don't. I don't have a good feeling about this this whole deal. I don't. I don't think he's going to last very long here. I don't think the Reds do anything division wise next year. Um, but this was a step in the right direction. Um, this reminds me of the whole Mets Marlins thing a couple years back for, you know, when it was like Jose Reyes and R.A. Dickey were included in the trade. You know, you remember that? Yeah. And it was like, oh, we're going for it. And then they sucked. And then the <laughs> next year they shipped everybody out again. Right. So that kind of reminds me that this could, this is smelling pretty similar. So, but we'll see. Yeah, no, that's a good comparison. I think the bottom line here is that in order to do anything, Reds need to go after pitching because their pitching is yeah. just terrible. So big, big my time. my suggestion, or I'm sure many many Reds fan suggestions as well, uh, possibly go after Kluber or Bauer. I mean, I know they've talked about their – I know the Indians, rather, have talked about being more reluctant at this point to ship them out, but – it's still worth looking into because you need a guy because you really don't have much of anything to work with right now. So, Well, speaking of a team that's always scrutinized for their pitching, the next team we're going to cover is the Colorado Rockies. But um, before we get to their pitching, let's talk about the guy they just picked up. I know, I know. Uh, I'm Mr. Taking Daniel your, Murphy. I'm taking your transition and I'm turning it into my own transition. Double transition, two <laughs> positive transitions. Uh, yeah, Danny Murphy, two-year, $24 million deal. Um, missed pretty much the first third or so. Um, actually, more than that, more like a quarter, maybe a little more, of uh, the 2018 Nate, season. Nate, I hate to break it to you. Yeah. A quarter is actually less than a third. Well, no, I'm, saying I'm, trying, to sh- I'm trying to close in the gap here. You Thinking, said you said he missed the first third. Yeah, I said maybe he played and, a little more than that. Oh, okay. I thought you said, well, he he missed the first third. No, it was actually a little more than that. Missed about a quarter. I'm like, no, I probably don't know if I vocalized it, but I definitely was thinking in my head. So I'm not wrong. You're wrong. So we're just gonna move right on. Wow. All right. Take yeah, it. Yeah. 2018. He hit 299. Um. Uh. Had 12 jacks and 42 RBIs. So nothing crazy. I think it was pretty easy um, after that to uh, to let the Nationals, you know, for the Nationals to to move him to the Cubs, where he finished up decently, making an attempt at a playoff run, but the Cubs kind of coughed that up. So um, either way, I think it's a great sign. I think it's a um, a perfect fit hitting wise. Uh, plenty of room in that outfield. Plenty of gaps. So I think he's going to definitely have a bounce back here as long as he stays healthy. The thing I was most impressed with is their projected lineup for next year. Like, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to watch this team step up to the oh, plate. Yeah. They're gonna have Blackman. Projected lineup would be Blackman, Murphy, Arnado, Dahl, and Story. Like that's that's a pretty solid one, two, three, four, five punch. Yeah, if you ask me. Yeah, so I think um, what's being rumored is that, yes, we've seen him as a second baseman for a while, but what's being said is that they're actually going to slide him over to first base. Um, And since Carlos Gonzalez is looking like he's not going to re-sign there, as of right now, Ian Desmond's going to slide to right field. Um, Which brings up the question, since second base is still open, do they try to re-sign DJ LeMayhew and make this one of the best infields in baseball? Well, it sounds like they're going to put Murphy at first, right? Is that what they're going to do? Yeah. 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 I don't know that I know you're a big LeMayhew guy, so I'm sure you'd love to see him stick around in Colorado. I mean that those four guys that I know Murphy isn't anything defensively, but if you take the overall quality of that infield, that's, Pretty good. I would love to see Desmond 
stay in the infield. I'd hate to see him move to the outfield because, like, low-key, when he was with Washington, he was, like, low-key, one of my favorite shortstops in the game. He's just, like, he's so smooth, smooth with I it. feel like this guy really has been screwed over defensively over the years. Yeah. I would love to see him stay in the infield. But he's one of those guys that could really just play wherever because he's, he's that type of utility player, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, yeah. Really but, athletic. But, yeah, so my question – kind of knowing that this has been the the most recent big move with the Rockies is do you think with where they're at right now, current day, knowing what they've done and what they still have to do yeah. as of right now, do you think they stand a better chance of making a deeper run than they did last year given this signing? Do you think this helps them to that degree or do you think this kind of, this kind of keeps them where they're at and they still need to add a few more big pieces. I think it comes down to this. I think it comes down to either re-signing Carlos Gonzalez or DJ LeMahieu. They have to get one. So basically what I'm saying is if they get Cargo, he stays in right. Ian Desmond stays at first. Daniel Murphy will play his normal second base. If they don't get Cargo, they go get DJ LeMahieu, and we already talked about that scenario. So I think they need to get one of those one of those two guys and I think they have a pretty decent shot of repeating what they did last year and and probably doing a little more damage than what they did to the Brewers in 2018. Um, you know, speaking of a, a little bit of 2018, um, Kyle Freeland was spectacular. Uh, he went 17 and seven with a 2.85 ERA. Yeah, I'm actually. I'm ashamed to admit I didn't even realize like he had that great of a year. Like he just kind of. Yeah. I feel like he flew under the radar. Very good. He was really, really good. Um, And that's just I. And I think if we're going to argue such offensive stats in Coors Field, we have to even more, you know, go the other way and argue that Cal Freeland had an even better year than what those numbers say because he did it there. Right. Um, very impressive. Two eight five ERA there, ridiculous. Um, we already know about the two guys on the left side with Arenado and Story. Uh, Story with thirty seven, Arenado with thirty eight home runs, and then Arenado with one ten, and Trevor Story the one hundred and eight RBIs. Both slashed pretty similarly in the two nineties, uh, the mid threes, and the mid uh, fives for slugging. So. Um, we know those two guys are pretty much a lock in the middle of their lineup as long as they stay healthy. Um, and when it comes to, you know, these new, these new moves and, and these new signings, I think it's, it's um, very possible that they do some damage again next year. Yeah. If I'm the Rockies, I'm keeping Nolan Arenado around forever. Got to. Yeah, like you literally, like you, like you alluded to, led the team in average home runs, RBIs, and on base percentage this season. So, yeah, that's probably a guy I'm going to try to keep around at all costs. Not to mention, it's now five straight Gold Gloves, right? Exactly. So, yeah, yeah definitely a note to the Rockies. I'd keep this guy around. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think if you think about it this way, you, he came up. Um, for the end of Todd Helton's career, who was another Rocky lifer. Yep. So maybe there was some influence there that, you know, this guy will stick around. But the truth is he's from he's from California. You never know. The Dodgers could always be in play when that time comes around. But that's only speculation for now. Well, you and I have talked about it on here before. Like, we're both huge fans of, like, that organization. Like, the stadium, just to the atmosphere of the games. Yeah. Like. If I were him, like, I don't know if I'd want to leave because, like, you're obviously a team that's knocking on the door of something big. Uh, like, they've, they've shown it the past few years that they have the capability of uh, at least getting to October. It's a matter whether, yeah. whether or not they make it deep, it's a matter of some moves that they could make in the, in the near future. Um, yeah. But if I'm him, I don't know if I want to leave because, to me, it just seems like it's a fun, fun place to play. Like, I feel like. Because it's it's what technically in Denver, right? Is where they it play. is in Denver, right in the heart of Denver. Yeah, so I mean that's like I don't know. It just seems like a. I mean, if you're playing in like, jeez, I don't even know, like Minnesota. Like, okay, I could see why maybe you'd want to look elsewhere, but 
I mean, I feel like Colorado would be a sweet place to play. And the truth is, and what people are, I mean, I can speak directly to, is that Denver is very much right around the corner from being a very, very big city. Um, people are flocking there. It is downtown Denver, cranes everywhere, construction everywhere, apartment buildings everywhere, office buildings being thrown up. The, millennial, the millennials are invading. Yeah, it is getting big. So, you know, in 10 years, 12 years, when Nolan Arenado is probably, you know, locked in a statue outside of Coors Field, it'll be a big city. So it, it would, in my opinion, I think you should stick around. And I think that speaks to, like we both agree, that it's such a, from from this point on, I know they're fairly new, but like from the beginning until now, it's it's been pretty classy that the way the Rockies do their business and the way they put butts in their seats, they make their fans happy. And, you know, it's finally paying off, I think, with a good squad. Dang, I, I kind of want to go out and work for the Rockies now. We'll make it happen. You got me all got me all excited about Colorado. Now I, now I kind of just want to go move out there and work. Crazy, man. It's cool there. It's just it's getting busy. I feel like we cover the Rockies pretty well. They're they're in a good they're in a good spot. They don't really need much work over the off season. I think they're in a good good state right now. So we don't need to we don't need to rag on them really at all. Yeah. Although their farm system could use a little work. That was one note that I found today. They're like middle of the pack with their farm system. So maybe some improvements there. But overall. Yeah, I mean, you could see it's such a tough division. You know what I mean? I think what we saw with like, uh, you know, what what the Indians are thinking about doing or rumored to be doing where they're getting rid of a couple pieces, knowing that they're still going to walk away with the division. You can't do that in the NL West because it's so tight. It's so snug with the Dodgers and, you know, you never know about the giants. So it's, it's always neck and neck between those three teams pretty much every year. So it would be tough for the Rockies to, to get rid of some pieces to build up the farm. Um, unless they were really just out of it next year. Yeah, and speaking of next year, I just remembered. I feel like I have to. I feel like I have to mention it every time we bring up the Rockies because I'm trying to speak it into existence. In existence. Yeah. I'm trying to come out there in August. Yeah, we're gonna make it happen for the Sox. I feel like we'll if I say it enough times, it'll happen. That's just gonna... that's kind of my approach with this whole thing. Yeah. Um, Oh, and before we move on to best and worst, one other note that I found today about the Rockies, we all know about their, uh, their little historic run there down the stretch in October, bouncing around from tiebreaker to wildcard games, so on and so forth. Found out that the Rockies were the first team since 1922, or no, I'm sorry. The Rockies were the first team since the 1922 Philadelphia Phillies to play in four different cities against four different teams within a five-day span. Yeah. They had the game 162, the division tiebreaker, the wild card game, and the division series game one, which I thought was pretty wild. Big wild. That, like, I mean, that's, that's tough, man. That's not easy. That that's really not tough. easy. Not to mention that uh, that that was it the wild card game? Yeah, it was the wild card game that went to like 17 innings or something. Yeah, that was uh, Chicago. Yeah, that one. I mean, and then to have to flip it around and, and have to play, you know, I, I don't know if they played the next day or they had a day off, but either way, I mean, that's not easy to do that late in the season when everyone's got, you know, their, their cuts and bruises. So correct me if I'm pretty- wrong, but I think they had the day off in between the wild card game and the division series game. Yeah. But, I mean, like we said, it was uh, who knows what time. I want to say it was like 2 or 3 a.m. local in Chicago. Right. So that's pretty wild, man. Yep. But uh, like I've mentioned on here before, looking forward to seeing how their 2019 pans out. I'm excited to see how that, like I alluded to, that lineup, projected lineup. Looking forward to seeing how how they they pan out. They were sick. 
excuse me, they were second in scoring in the National League this past season. I don't know if a lot of people realize that, but I think adding Murphy to that mix only makes them better in that regard. So that's it, man. It'll be fun to watch. But uh, speaking of things that are fun to watch, best and worst. This week it's going to be baseball movies. Beautiful. What do you got for since you and I already talked about it? I feel like they're going to be the same. Yeah. Roughly the same for best ish. Yeah. We'll lead off with those and then we'll, we'll get down to the, the nitty gritty with the worst. We can really, okay. it can really upset some people with our worst picks. I'm going in order here. So I'm going from three to one. Okay. For best. Number three field of dreams. Ooh, interesting. Just an amazing movie. The ultimate father, son, let's have a catch. Kevin Costner is the man. He's the king of baseball movies, in my opinion. He's literally been in like every baseball movie ever created. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's number three for me. Love that movie. Uh, number three for me, Major League. It's, Ooh, okay. Uh, good. It's, I'm a big, like, I'm a big true story, by the books kind of guy when it comes to detailing movies out uh, or yeah. coming up with like the storylines, if you will. Yeah, uh, and Major League obviously does not follow that script with guys worshiping little dolls in the dugout <laughs> and just wild haircuts sliding on, sliding up to the mound for a yeah. relief appearance. So it doesn't follow that uh, preference of mine, but still just a great baseball movie. Like the references you can make to that movie, yeah, that, that to me like only baseball people get. Like if you say yeah. like anything about like a wild thing, anything like that. Baseball yeah. people know what you're talking about, which to me is one of the big reasons why I like that movie. So that's number three for me. Number two for me. It's probably a little surprising that it's two, but Sandlot comes in second place for me. It, um, if you say what I think you're going to say for number one, I'm going to reach through the microphone and slap you in the face. You have no idea what I'm going to say. I think I know exactly what you're going to say for number one. But continue. So. What's your reasoning for... For number two. Sandlot. I love Sandlot. I can't say anything bad about Sandlot. Um, it was my favorite movie, baseball movie as a kid. Um, it, it is something that pretty much you got to watch every year. Um, just heart and soul. It's everything that we all have in us as baseball players. Is We're all little kids playing this amazing game. And that's just what this movie's about. It's perfect. With the dream Love of ending up in the major leagues, just like old that's it, Benny man. the Jet did. It's like Benny. Uh, number two for, okay. So here's, I got to do a little explaining. So I did an article okay. uh, on the website. I think it was honestly a couple years back. It might've been like 2016. Um, but it was basically listing out. Uh, I think it was like our top five baseball movies, which is ironic because I was the only person that worked dirt to diamonds baseball. Like I didn't have mm-hmm. anybody else. So I don't know who our was, <laughs> uh, but I just tried to make myself sound big and fancy. Like I was yeah, this big company, cool. but anyway, all that aside, uh, for the number one movie, I had field of dreams. Yeah. But if we're going best and worst, like for personal preference, I think I'm going to yeah. have to put field of dreams too. Uh, basically for all the reasons you listed off, but, uh, it was, it wasn't any, any fault of that movie. It was just that my number one is just my favorite baseball movie. So what's your, uh, what's your number one? Numero uno, you know them very well. Bull Durham, baby. Wow. This is, this will be interesting. (laughs) This will be very interesting. Love that movie. I thought you were going to say, I thought you were going to say Moneyball to be honest with you. I love Moneyball. And it's a great but, movie, uh, but you can't say it is a one. great movie. But it doesn't. It doesn't. I love Moneyball. It's. I like it as like in any movie category. But when we're focusing strictly on baseball, these are like the classics that you can't move out of the top three, top four, whatever. There you go. Whatever you want to rank them. But Bull Durham's got to be up there because it is. <laughs> it is the adult version of the banter that we love, you know, the clubhouse, the brotherhood, the everything you get with your teammates. It's just hilarious. It's another Kevin Costner movie. And, uh, it's just a no BS 
very unedited, no censored version of what a clubhouse is like. Well, I want you to hold that thought. I want to give my number one best movie. It's a Sandlot. I feel like most people saw it coming. But again, pretty much for all the reasons you listed off. Plus, to me, it kind of you kind of alluded to it, but it's a movie to me that just like it just transcends baseball. To me, it just transcends sports in general because it's just such a it's such a quotable movie. So that that's kind of where it applies to the baseball side of things. But it kind of encapsulates like a period in time, and it just to me the the movie itself like really. I mean, obviously, I didn't live during that time uh, when it or like the time that it's portraying, but <laughs> it's still to me like I feel like from what I know about that time period that it it does a great job of kind of being like this is how it was. This is what this was like the American dream, kind of like you alluded to. It's like the dream all kids had. It wasn't it wasn't a dream of playing soccer or football or basketball. It was like every kid yeah. wanted to be like the next Babe Ruth. Yeah. And to me, that movie did like a almost perfect job of kind of describing that. Uh, 1000%. But uh, getting back to your point of Bull Durham being the adult version of the banter that we just know and love in, in our dugouts uh, that's going to be leading off my list for worst baseball. No. And I know, I know that I'm going to, I'm, I'm upsetting a lot of people with that because Bull Durham pretty much across the board is agreed upon as one of the best. But as I would say, this is our best and worst lists and I don't have to please anybody with my list except me. And Bull Durham is leading off my list because it's just so I've only seen it once. So that's it, why. Well, How maybe, old were you? It was literally like maybe a year or two ago. It wasn't that long. Like it it definitely took me a while to finally see it. And it's ironic because I live in Durham and I'm around like the whole bowl the Durham Bowl scene like literally all the time. And like I mentioned on here before, the old place that I lived in last year, I was literally like a two minute walk to the old state, like the state or the field that they filmed that movie in, which was super I wish you, cool. I wish you could see the disgust on my face. I know. But to me, it's like, it's just like overly vulgar. It's like, okay, like, we get it. Like, do you really need to go that far? Like, I don't know. And I know people are just rolling their eyes right now. And I don't care because I think it's a pretty valid point. I mean, I think you would have to agree as well. It's it's just a little bit over the top in that regard. And, I agree with nothing. And so, <laughs> I'm not surprised. Nothing needs, nothing we don't saying. agree on anything. Uh, <laughs> but I don't. It just I think you're sitting on. I think you're trash. sitting on your own island on this one. Okay. I, I'm well aware of that, and I'm fully prepared to accept that. In fact, I already Terrible. have. But Terrible. that's just how it is. Well, uh, all right. Well, this one's easy. This one's really easy. Sandlot 2. Oh. What what, what were people thinking? Making that film. Something you should not have touched. Absolutely. And I'm going to skip ahead to my list so I can jump in on this conversation. Sandlot 2 is actually my number one worst baseball movie. <laughs> I was saving that for last. What you're right. Like, what are we doing? How could you touch a classic, and even and even think that you're gonna do anything that would come anywhere close to that? So ridiculous. Not it's to mention so, I... the cast was terrible. The acting just across the board was awful. The storyline was just terrible. Complete disgust. The time period was just random. It was, I don't, no, it was just. I, don't, I, I think I saw it once when I was a kid, didn't even try again. Yeah, it was, it was awful. We'll never try again. That that's, was, that's literally I, the I mean, only I word I can use to describe it is awful. I should have preluded with saying, but like my worst list that I don't have it ranked in any specific way, that probably is easy to say that's the number one. So I skipped ahead a little bit, but we're, we're both in agreement on that one. Which, what do you got on what else? Well, before I move on, I was going to say, I think even like, even if the movie was decent, 
I still think this would be our worst baseball movie of all time, just because the audac like the audacity of those like produ- like film production people to think that they yeah. could even like I said come close recreate yeah like dude. that automatically Ugh. puts you at the worst baseball movie of all time, regardless yeah. how good it was. It's no, you're morons. It's it's done. Uh, what does that leave me with? One left. Um, you should have two. Oh, no, yeah, one. No, yeah, Bull Durham, Sandlot 2. Oh, so maybe I should go then. Okay, go ahead. All right, then I'll go. Major League, back to the minors. Yeah, I no. didn't even think about that one because I'm just no. like, eh, let's just leave it be. Uh, just, well, stop. There's got to be a stopping point. Stop making those. Stop making those movies. No, man, one, as long two. as there's dollar signs to be had, they're going to keep coming out with terrible follow-ups. One and two. That's all you needed, and even two was kind of, eh. That's it. Back to the minors. Brutal. Terrible. What else you got? Uh, my last one, and I felt bad for putting this on my list, R.I.P. Bernie Mac. Oh, wow. Mr. Mr. 3000. Wow. Agreed. It's, and there's really no particular well, – I mean, there's a couple reasons to have this on my list, but – I really just put it on here just because of how forgettable it is. Like it just wasn't, yeah. it, I saw it and I'm like, Oh, I gotta go see it. It's a baseball movie, but nothing to write home about. Not to mention, I, I was actually pulling up some, some like background facts about the movie. Apparently like the, the picture used in the, as like the movie poster is him standing in front of, uh, or at home plate of the ballpark at Arlington where the Rangers play. Yeah. Yeah. And the the article was like the article was like brewers. he played for the Brewers. So <laughs> like what's what's going on here? Uh. Um but yeah, like that and then a couple other facts that they like the storyline was just so like the storyline was terrible. Yeah. And even at the end when he had to when he had to make the choice of bunting or trying for his 3000th, it was like We've made it this far through this terrible movie. You might as yeah. well just go for the three thousandth, so we can at least yeah. go home happy. So I had to sit nope. through a terrible movie and watch him bunt. I was just like, "This is a disappointment." Stupid. Here's my: if you're going to be completely fictional about this, why not make him just Mister Five Thousand? Exactly. You know what I mean? Like three, yeah, three thousand's great. It's awesome, but we have a lot of those guys already. There's only one Bernie Mac. There's only one out of shape old dude trying to get his last two hits or whatever he needed. Make it five thousand, and it's even better. I, 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 well, I'd say better. It's, Nate, there's I no can, way. I can tell better. you one thing: if Bernie Mac was going for his five thousandth hit, <laughs> I can assure you. I can assure you that there would have been a lot of people in the seats. It's a good time to sneak this in. Were you, uh, were you, would you be going to Arlington or would you be going to Well, I don't know. If I, was, if, I was, if I was taking the context clues from the movie poster, I'd probably be <laughs> ending up in the wrong park, missing out on a chance to witness history. But had there been an empty seat in that stadium when Mr. Bernie Mac was going for his 5,000th hit, I can tell you how you could have saved big on said seat. SeatGeek, it's the answer to all your ticket needs. Are you looking for tickets? Do you have plans with friends or family to make it to an upcoming game or concert? Or are you even looking months ahead to nail down a date to get tickets before they sell out? With SeatGeek, Nate, with SeatGeek, you can find tickets Arlington to or Milwaukee. Wherever Ar- Arlington or Milwaukee. Or whatever other stadium you want to add to your movie poster. You can yeah. find tickets to games, concerts, shows, and even theater performances Nate, I didn't even use the promo code when we got tickets to go see the Rockettes at Radio City. And I what th- are you waiting for? And I thought of you because we were in the theater and I hadn't used my SeatGeek promo code. Even though I remind you. If you're I not you, it, no one else will. Even, even though I remind you every episode that you can, in fact, use the SeatGeek promo code for theater performances. If it wasn't there, where else would you? What, what? When are you going back to the theater? Let's be real. 
I don't that know. That was your I would, one time. I'd go back to see the Rockettes in a minute, man. They were that was an awesome show. But you know what? I think I might save I might save my promo code for a big like Sox Yankees game or something. That's not in a the theater, but that's fair. I understand that. I understand that logic. You make a valid point. If I'm not gonna use it for the theater, who is? <laughs> Somebody out there is gonna use it for the theater. I'm just I'm I'm certain. Theater the, geek. The first person that uses the promo code for a theater performance needs to let me know and give me like a screenshot or something and i'll i'll Please. figure out i'll figure out something to send them i'll send them like a, a shirt or something yeah free stuff because i want to i want to prove prove a point to you that people do use it for the theater not gonna happen uh but anyway as i was saying with seatkey you can find tickets to games concert shows and even theater performances with just a few easy clicks we're making it even better for you if you're a first-time user of SeatGeek. The next time you add some tickets to your cart, use our promo code DTD at mm-hmm. checkout to save $20 instantly off your first purchase as a first-time user. That's yeah. all you got to do to save some of that cold, hard cash. Cash, and cash, to- cash. Cash, cash, cash. Are you, are- cold, hard cash. Are you done? Yeah, I'm good. Get it out of my system. We're good. Continue. That's all you got to do to save some of that cold, hard cash. Enter promo code DTD at checkout. It's gotten to the point now where I've like memorized the the promo or the ad read that like yeah. when we were trying to get tickets for all the stuff up in New York, I just like would read it off to my <laughs> mom while she was looking for tickets online. I'm like, if by chance you're planning on getting tickets for this trip. Feel free to use our promo code DTD. Enter the promo code at checkout to save twenty dollars instantly off your first purchase as a first time user. It was great. Perfect. uh, Unfortunately, because we didn't get any quality DMs, we're gonna have to end the show on an ad read. Actually, that's it. We're not ending the show on an ad read. Can I tell you what my mom got me for Christmas? Yeah, yeah. All right, so. My idea for the whole Christmas thing this year was like, let's not spend, let's not spend any money on presents for each other. Let's just all chip in for this New York trip. We'll go to some shows yep. like we did. So it, it all, it worked out. But mom, of course, being mom was like, yep. you know, a mom has to get, get her kids Christmas presents. It's just what a mom does. And yep. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to fight it. I'm not going to get upset with you. If you want to get me some Christmas stuff, so be it. And turns out she got me some socks gear. And Nate, can I tell you what kind of socks gear it was? The worst kind? Can I tell you what it was commemorating? Nothing. It wasn't commemorating anything. It was a a pretty big thing that happened in baseball this uh, this past October. You might have heard about it. Uh, The Boston Red Sox, uh, in case you didn't hear, uh, they won the World Series, Nate. And so she got me a she got me a history made, you know, with the with the I or the one and the eight as the I and the S in history. Yeah, I know you've seen that logo. I know I, I know you want to be I know you want to be a part of that. Never uh, seen yeah, that. got me a hoodie with that on it. Got me a a player jersey, uh, Mookie Betts with the World Series logo on the front and the Betts fifty on the back. Uh, and got me like a long sleeve or two. So I'm going to be chilling for the rest of the off season in my socks gear. So, so let me ask you this. Cause I, I actually thought about this a little while back and I, and I counted, think about this for you. The number of Red Sox slash Yankees for me, items, clothing items that you have, how many days in a row could you go of wearing something different from your closet that was still Red Sox related? Like you'd be surprised, actually. Like I don't have as much as I'd like, just because. Really, dude, fan gear is so expensive. Yeah, it's like unnecessarily expensive. That's fair. Uh, but to answer your question, probably. See, I got a couple of jerseys, five shirts. I could probably go. Wow, it's actually not that much. 
maybe like a week and a half. Despicable. I just like I don't have like I can't afford this stuff, man. Yeah, no, mine are just gifts. Like yeah. World Series, like World Series gear, and there's been a lot of it this millennium. In case you forgot, nope. uh, four times to be exact. First team yeah. uh, this millennium to to Spit win the World Series four times. Uh, the World Series special, like that special occasion type stuff. That stuff gets expensive, Nate. I know you don't have that problem, uh, but it's hard for me to afford this World Series stuff, and right. so. I can't be just dishing out money for shirts and hoodies and flags and socks and hats. I just can't do it. Yeah, whatever. What do you have? 38 days. It's sad that you actually know the number. (laughs) My last count was 38 days. Yeah, but to be fair, like I'm going all the way to like, um, let's see, I have three different Yankees hats. I also have three. Oh, oh, bears. hold on, back up. Just, just an item. Say, oh, just an item. Okay, well then that yeah. changes everything because I got some socks hats. Okay, yeah, that changes. So I've everything. got like three different hats, and I have three different pairs of Yankees socks. Okay, well then when I get so like, home next time, I'm so home, that buys I'm me count. six days right there. Okay, then Two I'm gonna jerseys, probably a dozen at least, probably yeah, at least. A dozen, maybe a dozen and a half shirts. Another dozen pullovers. Yeah, man. We're getting up there. Okay. Well, then I'm going to count next time I'm home, and I will get back to you on that. Fair. Uh, But anyway, that wraps up today's show. Any closing thoughts, Nate? Uh, Stay safe for New Year's. Are we taking – we're taking next week off, I think, guys. True. uh, We're not going to do the – I'm not going to do a Monday show because I'm going to be traveling, doing some more traveling. Surprise, surprise. Uh, yeah. But I will, and I think you got, you said you got some stuff too this coming weekend. Yeah. Everybody's going to be drinking on New Year's Eve anyway. Yeah. And just, go crazy. just not ideal. Yeah. But so. uh, yeah, we'll, we'll pick back up next Thursday. Hopefully, like you said, with some news about the Machado deal, hopefully he makes his announcement. Uh, about where he's taken himself for 2019, which, by the way, I've realized the past few episodes I have not mentioned that he's a bum as much as I would have liked to. So I'm just going to take a, a quick second to, to say that he's a bum. Fair. Uh, but anyway, anything else? That's it. I'm out. That's all I got. You're not hungry tonight. Eh, I could eat. Probably story, some of that leftover mac and cheese. Story of my life, man. I could eat. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that about does it for me. Go Sox. Go Yankees. Uh, no. Go Yankees. No. Go, Yankee. go Sox. As always, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you up. Go Sox. As always, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you up with you guys Yankees. next. Catch <laughs> We'll catch back up with you guys next week to talk more off-season happenings. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to it and leave that rating and review. Nate, how many stars? Five! Is that loud enough? I mean, it's loud enough, but I can't say the creativity is there. I didn't even think about it, honestly. I give your five-star rating announcement. About a two and a half star rating. I can work on it. I'll work on it for next Thursday. I've got plenty of time. The bar has been set high in previous episodes, so it's your own fault. Yeah, it really is. But I, I have faith in you. I know you got some some tricks up your sleeve. I appreciate that. But anyway, Manny Machado's a bum. Go Sox. We love you all. And as always, we're looking forward to talking more baseball with you guys soon. Until next time, stay filthy. Time you to take!